0: Is good two dudes with some balls, listeners. Thank you guys for tuning into another episode. We're about to get things started today, but first off, I want to say hello to my co host. How are you doing, Jacob Booth?
1: Pumped up. How are you doing, everyone?
0: Hey, there he is. A little excitement today, and we're both excited. A little new, fresh breath, a little rebirth of what the podcast is meant to be. Me and Booth talked. You know, we want to come back to where this podcast was supposed to be one topic, short podcast, information out the ass on what we're talking about. We feel like we're cramming too much stuff into a podcast because we want to keep it short and we're just giving you guys too much and not enough detail. So we're back to just one topic, one ball for the most part. But today we're going to talk about college football, but not the aspect of college football playoff. We're going to be talking about some of the college football coaching moves. We're going to talk about what we like, what we don't like, just some quick ones that we think are important. And we'll talk about college football playoff as it gets closer to that time. Jacob Booth, would you like to get us rolling on this beautiful Tuesday night when you're hearing this?
1: Yeah, I think uh, one of the best signings that we've seen this week is Mario Cristobal heading to the University of Miami. Hurts <sighs> my, my heart. Like
0: that. hurts uh, my heart. But, yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, I mean – As you can see, i got an Oregon fan here. Very sad to see him go, so he must be a a decent coach. He's been uh, (laughs) a lot of success there at the University of Oregon. He's replacing Manny Diaz, who was kind of a weird signing for the University of Miami to begin with. He was a first-time head coach. He had a lot of success as a defensive coordinator. But with a school like the University of Miami, with the success they've had in the past, they need a proven coach. They need someone that can recruit those top prospects. So getting a guy like Mario is huge for that organization. They're in a not very strong conference with the ACC. Definitely winnable. Give them a few years, and I fully expect them to be back near the top. So really excited to see how that kind of transformation of the the U happens.
0: Yeah, bring back the U to the early 2000s. It does It does suck to speak on Wall a little bit. 35 and 13 over the course of four years at Oregon. He was there during the Justin Herbert years, which really helped, obviously, but he was, he was brought in from within through the Oregon system after Willie Taggart left for Florida State. I believe it was back in 2017, 2018. And just the players loved him. They spoke about it when Oregon was looking for that last head coach. And he stepped up and brought this team back into national championship playoff, you know, caliber contention for the past three or four years. Just a couple of games where they lose late in the season. Uh, it's sad to see him kind of go out on a tough note like the Utah loss but Utah seemed like they built a team to beat Oregon and that's what they did respectfully going to the Rose Bowl but you're right with the with the U man i mean honestly that's uh the ACC you're right they had i think Clemson, Wake Forest and and Pitt stepped up big time in the second half of the season the ACC championship showed that Pitt and Wake Forest were, Wake Forest were decent teams and then Clemson really snuck in after going 3 and 3 like finishing 9 and 3 super impressive they're going to be back but but Mario Cristobal is known as a very powerful recruiter at Oregon he's landed multiple top 20 classes and even landed the number one potentially the number one pick and he was the number one high school recruiter at the time in Cape on Thibodeau so expect a big recruiting pull in Miami and maybe I don't see a lot of them going there but maybe some of those those kids who were committed to Oregon initially maybe falling and going decommitting going over to Miami to the U so I like that hire good job by Miami you needed to get Manny Diaz out they're always ranked you know I think I talk about it a lot. They're always ranked so high at the start of the year, you know, 15, 16. They're always preseason ranked, and then they just fall out so quick, it feels like. But any other comment on him? No, I'm on the uh, the U bandwagon now, though. So <laughs> Good. It's good to see you like a college football team. But <laughs> I'm going to talk about a coach that that definitely doesn't really need to be talked about. It's noted highly as a great move, and that is USC signing Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. Riley's a very young coach, but, you know, he has experience. He's led a team to the college football playoffs. He's coached, you know, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, along with a bunch of other people, Hollywood Brown, everyone on the Ravens, some great defenders as well. It's a It's a great move by USC. It's hard to understand kids that don't want to go play in Los Angeles, especially – with a historic program like that. But for years, USC has not found an identity. It has not found a culture. And that all starts from their leadership front. Lincoln Riley is the perfect guy for it, what he did at Oklahoma. I know he inherited a good program, but he showed that he can keep a good program. And they're already taking commits that were going to Oklahoma to be for Coach Riley. And now they're coming to USC. Along with that, with Mario Cristobal leaving, just what you said pairs right into gap in the bridge. The Pac-12 is open, very open. Utah looked great this year, but Lincoln Riley comes in as a very respected, well-known college football coach who who two years ago, a year ago, had NFL interest from teams like the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the Washington football team. So now he's here at USC. And the past five or so years, those Southern California kids, those Los Angeles area region kids who are supposed to be going to schools like USC, UCLA, they're getting taken away and they're going up to programs like Washington and Oregon if they choose to stay on the West Coast, if not being pulled by SEC teams. I mean, you go look at look at Oregon a few years ago. They had a whole committing committing class, and they were literally called the Cali Flock. It was a bunch of Southern California kids that were just together, and they decided they don't want to go play in their own backyard and rebuild the program. They want to go up to an established program. But now with Lincoln Rally coming, people want to rebuild the program. He's already stealing a bunch of commits from Oklahoma. Obviously, they were there for him, but expect more to come. Expect maybe some of those guys from Oregon who might decommit following the Cristobal leave and maybe want to stay on that west side and play in Pac-12, go to USC. I love the hire. I think it's a great move by them.
1: I mean, you hit the nail on the head here. I don't think there's really much more to say. Um, should be really interesting. I, I was going to make that same comment about the Pac-12 also being wide open, but you hit it, so nothing more to say on my end. Just uh, should be interesting to see where all the uh, the recruits go and, and how everything shakes out with both the uh, prospects and the players entering the uh, the transfer portal.
0: Yes, I, I agree. I think it'll be the transfer portal is going to be very interesting to watch with some a lot of major coaches leaving. Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. I mean, Mario Cristobal, you know Riley. There's Ed Ogeron leaving LSU. I mean, there's some big some big things going on here. Uh, Washington just got another coach, new coach from Fresno State, who I could talk about and just know that he's a great. That's a great hire. Um, but there's there's a lot of good coaching moves. Is there any? Coaching movie you want to talk about that you don't really like?
1: Uh, why don't you get started with a certain Notre Dame, former Notre Dame coach?
0: You know, I don't, I don't think it's it's necessarily that he's a bad coach. Uh, Brian Kelly taking the job I think is, is is good for LSU to find a new identity. I don't know if that's the guy I would have attacked right away, but he rubbed me the wrong way. I think he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. His, his – pre, not press conference, but he attended an LSU basketball game the other night. And he was talking about, you know, he was probably trying to be excited about the program and talk about how he wants to build it up, how he intends to build it back up to that national championship level they were at a few years ago. But he sounded so arrogant and so cocky. And honestly, he had like an accent that I did have never heard before come out of him. And I've listened to a few of his interviews. It seemed very fake like a, a fake Southern Louisiana type accent, but he was talking about, you know, all the wins he had and it was all him. It was never, he didn't recognize Notre Dame, which I understand you're leaving it You put it in the past, but a very arrogant sounding Brian Kelly. And, you know, it's easy to win. I don't want to sound like this, me be, be rude about it. When you're playing a bunch of independent schools and he, he proved that he can win with his team the year they were in the ACC during that COVID year where they went and ultimately got, stomped on in the college football by Alabama. But to be fair, a lot of teams get stomped on by Alabama. But he's going to have to prove himself in the, in the SEC. And so it's going to tell very quickly, I think, if he can build LSU up or not. Because I don't, yeah, they don't win right away. They're not pulling, you know, eight, nine, ten wins a season in that first season or two. They're not going to land recruits. They're going to go to Bama. They're going to go to Ole Miss, who's building something. They're going to go to Texas A&M, who's coming off an impressive year and a win against Al- Alabama. They're going to go to Georgia. You know, there's so many schools that did so well in the SEC this year, and I like what Lane Kiffin's doing. I mean, you give him another good year, and at Ole Miss, and they might be up there with a little bit of contention too. So, I, I like what I'm seeing a lot from the SEC, and it's uh, I'm not really sure how to feel about this, uh Brian Kelly move. Yeah, I mean,
1: I don't really see any of the head coach signings as bad signings. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we want to really pick at something. Brett Venables, the former Clemson defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And he also coached at uh, the University of Oklahoma under Bob Stoops 20 years ago. Is back at Oklahoma. Uh, he oh. just got the head coaching role.
0: That's, he has good you know, job.
1: Yeah, I mean, he has assistant head coach experience, defensive coordinator experience, but he hasn't been a real head coach. So it should be interesting to see how that plays out. It's a bit of a reach saying that mm-hmm. it's a bad signing, but just something to look at because it, it's a first-time head coach. at a a big school like that headed to the SEC soon
0: you know until you don't know or you don't know until you know sorry uh hopefully he inherited some success like Lincoln Riley stepping into a program that's already established and hopefully you know just builds a repertoire for himself quickly that way Oklahoma can stay because just like the ACC just like the Pac-12 really starting to look like the Big Ten at times now uh the conference, the, the Big 12s is open next year. I wouldn't say there's a, clearly a winner. I mean, Oklahoma State, Baylor just played a great championship game, but I don't think neither of those teams were the, were the favorite. I think Oklahoma was this year entering the season to win the Big 12. So Big 12 can change from year to year just like any other conference. The only one that seems to remain consistent is Alabama winning the SEC at this point. However, I'm kind of surprised Oklahoma didn't hire from within with just the success they had just bringing someone up, you know, no players really vouch for it. Whereas we talked about earlier, how I was telling you about just the recruiting poll that Mario Cristobal had, how the players, when he got the Oregon coach job, just, you know, nav- or not navigate, but vouched and like praised him and won him. And I think that's a similar situation that happened at Notre Dame. And I love, love the hire from within and building up Marcus Freeman. I like the way he talked about the team, just establishing how great they're going to be and support. He had just stepped into the role of the players, praised him they want him to be their head coach and that's got to be a great feeling for him and I think he's going to inherit that Notre Dame program to just as great a success as they've had and you know maybe maybe just prove early that they can be back in the playoff as as much as I don't want to say that they should ever be in the playoff again but you know maybe throw together an undefeated season and then we talk again right so I do like that any last regards no I think I think that's all I have to say about this I think the only thing you really have to follow now is who's going to take the Oregon job and that'll really that'll really matter I think you know people on the west coast care about the Pac-12 a little bit because you know they go there or whatever but, I mean the Pac-12 the USC really could be a elite program now the recruits their landing you know it's I want to see the Pac-12 back in a playoff format but if this conference stays weak it doesn't look good for anyone so hopefully Utah keeps going, lands some big recruits, especially just the way they played against Oregon was fantastic. So a big Rose Bowl performance could really help them in the future for their recruiting and just keeping the success of the Utah program going beyond just this year. So they've had a few spotty good years, but beyond this year would be important. Oregon signs a coach that is respected. Hopefully they land or keep their commits. Hopefully the team, they have a really good recruiting class coming in next year. As long as some of those don't decommit, they are still going to be a top program in the PAC 12, no matter who's coaching Hopefully the Pac-12 gets a little more spice. The UW signing of the Fresno State coach, who had a tremendous year, played against some really good teams, even had a win against UCLA when they were ranked at the time. The Pac-12 can get a lot of, can get a little more poll, a little more interesting. So, it's important for them as Power Five conference. One quick note I want to make: uh, Rest in peace to Medina Spirit, the Kentucky Derby horse, the winner of the Kentucky Derby, whose win was revoked due to steroids found in a failed drug test. The Barry Bonds of horse racing. I honestly didn't even know they did drug tests on horses, uh, but I guess it makes sense. Failed a failed a drug test and then collapsed while doing a workout today and died. So RIP to conduct to everyone Spirit. First time talking about horse racing on two dudes with some balls. So history, just not in the good way. Yeah. On that final note there, we're going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in to hear us talk about college football it's a crazy world out there in the coaching carousel right now we will catch you next tuesday eight o'clock eastern time every week every tuesday thanks again for listening to two dudes with some balls peace and love to all